so good to gather together. We've been really looking forward to this and uh, just looking forward to just gathering and worshipping and glorifying God. It's a pleasure to have Pastor Tarkbana uh, with us at Empower 2022. Come on, give him a hand. <laughs> Pastor Tark, uh, together with his wife, Adrienne, they pastor a church, Unlimited um, a multi-campus uh, church based in Auckland, uh, New Zealand. I've been to the church and uh, been a part of their ministry. It's just, just amazing. He hosts an annual conference called New Zealand and Beyond, which I've been to with Pastor Danny, and uh, where he brings a whole bunch of churches as they pray for the nation of New Zealand. He travels not only New Zealand, Australia, nations of the world. God has used him in a powerful way. He's a man of God. He's a man of prayer. He's a man of uh, fasting uh, he's not the kind of person that just wants to, you know, just be in the fringes. He's a, he believes in God and wants to see God move in a mighty and powerful way. He's an extremely humble man and ministers in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're so grateful to God that we can have him with us um, and be part of this particular conference. Before he comes, though, uh, I just want you to see a little snippet of what happened in 2019. Look to the screens. Thank you. All right. So let's all face. Why don't you stretch forth your hands out there? We're going to say grace to that piece of land that it be released. Uh, when, when do we want it released? Soon? Soon. Release soon. All right. We, yesterday. All right. We read it five times and then the drummer, you can go for it. So come put some faith behind this. You know, we're going to really believe this land's going to be released for the kingdom of God, for the saving of many. You know, for the healing of many, the restoration of many, you know, the, the brokenness being restored. So much need, isn't there, in this city of Adelaide. So we need this land. God needs this land. Grace, five times. Ready? Let's go. Grace, 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 grace. Again. I just want to push it, make sure we've got it. Alright? I just no, I just think we need to. Just just stir that faith up. Come on, the land's coming. It's coming. Grace is gonna bring it. Grace is gonna nothing's too hard for God. We're gonna get it at the right price. We're gonna get it at the right price. Alright. Which is much less than it's worth. Alright? Okay. Yeah. It's the way God works. Yeah, he'll do it. All right, ready? Let's go there again. Ready? Let's go. Grace! 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 Come on. Why don't you stand? Come on, give uh, Pastor Tarka just a, a warm welcome as he comes to minister and to share the mighty word of God. God bless you, my brother. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's amazing seeing that uh, recording of what we did there. And I, when I watch it and I listen to it and I've heard the story, which is so exciting, grab a seat. Um, I just think what an amazing God we serve. Yeah. You know, we're just instruments in His hands. And to hear that story, uh, we went and uh, after that testimony there, I spoke for David Hall a, six months, a few months later, and they needed some land as well. And so we did grace, 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 and they've got the land as well, so they couldn't get for years. So it's uh, God's own grace, that's for sure. It's, uh, it's great. Look, it's just so good to be back here. Joe and Lena, thanks for the opportunity uh, to share uh, from the, the Word of God here. It's just always an honor and a privilege, and I just love being here last time. Thank you for the hospitality. I think I put on about 5 kgs on last time I was here because the food was so fantastic. <laughs> it was so good and the hospitality was just awesome. So it's, it's so good. Such an honor, such a privilege to be here and you're looking great as well. Why don't you just tell the person next to you, you are the best looking person in the building. Now just say, Father, forgive me. I don't always tell the truth. <laughs> Just before we get into the Word of God tonight, probably one of my favorite verses is 
1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, uh, the kingdom of God is not just in word, but in power. And I'm pursuing this with great passion and zeal in my life uh, over the last few years. And you've already heard it said uh, tonight, you don't need another message, but you do need an encounter with God. You do need to hear his voice. You do need a breakthrough. And some of you need a healing as well, if not all of us. And you do need to tune in to the, the voice of heaven. So I want to encourage you before we get into the word tonight is uh, don't, don't look for a great message. Look for a great moment. Because you know in a whole message, you, we, we say a lot of stuff. But when people talk to me afterwards, they'll just mention a phrase. They'll just mention a thought that was shared. And that's what they take home. If you think of our conference, what, three years ago here, um, no one's talking about any of the messages I preach, by the way. All they remember is grace, grace, grace. But that's the whole point. It's the whole point is not the message, it's the moment. It's that divine influence. It's that Kairos moment then God does something. And so we've got to believe for this conference as well that by the end of it, that every one of us uh, will have met with God in some way. In a, in a real way. In a, who, who's ready for that, by the way? How many of you need that? So we, we want to do a, a body blow to religion. I mean, I hate religion, but I like the reality of God. I like the presence of God. I don't come to church. Please don't ever come to tick the box. Did my church Sunday morning? No, you come to meet with God. You come to have a fresh encounter. That's what keeps, uh, keeps your walk with God alive. Another favorite scripture of mine, we're going to get to the word very shortly, and I'm believing for it during this conference is Isaiah 61. You know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I, I reckon we're going to see this start to happen more in the church of Jesus Christ. You know, to, um, to, it's on me to heal the brokenhearted. You know, there's a lot of brokenhearted people out there. It's time they got healed in Jesus' name. It's time they were set free and delivered from brokenness. You know, to set the captives free. So many captives out there, so many captives in here as well tonight. You know, open prison doors uh, to get beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Mark Isaiah 61 in your Bible, in your mind somewhere, because I believe the Spirit of God is going to start doing that in powerful and profound ways. And my, how we need that. Father, we come to your word tonight. Would you bless your word? Would you give us ears to hear, Lord, what your spirit would say to us individually and also corporately? Father, we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Turn with me in your Bibles. It's going to come on the screen to Ezekiel 37. I want to talk tonight about dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. So here we go. Isaiah 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. Everyone say very dry. Mm, that's not good, is it? And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O oh Lord, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Let's go down to verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And bones came together, bone to bone. Verse 9, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, Son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And if you can see it on the screen, why don't you read it with me together? So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Ezekiel 37. It's a revival chapter, really. And uh, dry bones becoming a incredible army. And I believe it's what the church of Jesus Christ needs today. The breath of God to make it an exceedingly great army that can bring transformation to your community, to Adelaide, to Australia and beyond. Ezekiel 37 is a Babylonian graveyard. And I wonder if there's anyone here tonight and you're living in a graveyard of finances, of dead love in your marriage, a graveyard in your ministry, in your health, in your family. Maybe a failure, shame, disgrace, whatever it is. This is a picture of absolute hopelessness. Dreams have died 
in this valley. 2,000 years ago, there was another grave. Jesus was buried, but death could not hold him down. Jesus rose from the grave. And you know, the cornerstone of the Christian faith is the word resurrection. And I'm believing over the next few days, uh, there are going to be many resurrections, uh, many encounters, many breakthroughs, uh, many answers to prayer, things that you've been crying out for. He is the God of the resurrection. Now, Ezekiel here is in captivity, and perhaps he's in one of the darkest moments of his life. We're not sure of that. But in the valley, what I like is the hand of God comes upon him in the valley. Whatever valley you're in, the hand of God has not left you. His hand is still upon you in the valley. Don't let the valley lie to you and say God has departed from you. God's not interested in you anymore. No, in the midst of the valley, the hand of God comes upon Ezekiel. I honestly believe that it's when we're in the valley so often that the hand of God comes upon us in a profound way. You in a valley right now? You're struggling with something right now. Why don't you dare to believe God that it's in the valley that God's presence, His power, His grace, His anointing is going to come upon you in an extraordinary and a remarkable way. No, in the valley, God's not departed from you. I believe in the valley, God comes closer than ever before because He is with the brokenhearted. He is with the humble. He is with the struggling. He is with those who are, who are battling away. In the valley, in the valley, God comes. God meets with us. God encounters us. You know, everything that says to us in the valley, it's over. We're beaten. It's going to be hard. We're not going to make it through. We're defeated. We're failed. Wrong. Because we have the God of the resurrection. We have the God of the valleys. He's not only with you on the mountaintop. He's even more with you in the valley. Why? Because when you're on the mountaintop, you don't need him that much. And I think sometimes God takes us. I should throw this out here. You won't like this. But sometimes he takes us in a valley. Because we need him a bit more. We cry out to him. He comes closer. And when we come out of the valley, we come out with treasure. We come out with a deeper walk and a deeper relationship with God. And I know what I'm talking about because I've been in a lot of valleys. And it's in the valleys that I have so often find, found God. In fact, it's interesting, you know, that in the valley, God reveals himself to us in new ways. Expect that in your valley. You know, you may discover him as your provider. Your healer, your comforter, the God of the breakthrough, the God of the second chance. What would it be? These become your life messages. Because this is where you know God for real. This is where you've met God in a profound way. See, some of my life messages, I can preach to you that God can get you through the toughest trials in life. I know that because I've been there. God can get you through times of deep hurt in your life, where you don't even know how you're going to get through that hurt, he can get you through. Why? I've been there, and God has got me through. I know that God can, no one is beyond the reach of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, no one is too far gone. I can preach it. I know that. Why? Because my mum and dad, Hindus for 59 years, mum 78 years, both gave their lives to Jesus Christ. These are my life messages. I'm not just preaching from my intellect and my mind. I preach from my experience, from what God has actually done in my life. So what you get out of the valley is so incredibly valuable, important, because you can actually, they are your life messages that you can preach to other people. In fact, what you learn about God in the valley is greater than anything you learn listening to a sermon or from reading a book. That's someone else's revelation. Your walk with God is built on your personal revelation. Do you know what people want to hear from you? They don't want to hear some intellectual message. They want to know the victories you have really won. They want to know how you have truly met God. They want to know how is God real in your life. That's why testimonies are so powerful, because they express what God is, the real God working in real life. And that's why they overcame them by the word of their testimony. Testimony inspires people more than a sermon. Because you see the real God at work in real people's lives. Don't we serve an amazing God? Isn't he? He's just fantastic. I just love him so much. Anyway, I've just gone away from my message as I normally do with you lot here. Uh, anyway, because <laughs> you, you draw something out. I want to just talk for a little while about 
Dryness. Dryness. Uh, why would I talk about that? Because during COVID, it's taken a toll. I don't know about this crowd here. You look like you're all on fire. But in my church, there's quite a few that are more dry than before. They're tired. They're fearful. Some are used to come to church every week. Now come every second week. I'm sure that doesn't happen in Australia. You guys are close to God. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> don't, don't go like that and say he's talking about you right now. <coughs> you know, some, some actually haven't even come back to church. Dry. When you lose your love for the house of God, you've got some dryness. Now, there may be a few valid excuses, but generally speaking, a broad brush, there's dryness. So listen to this, Matthew 12, 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, what does he do? He goes through dry places, seeking rest, finds none. If the devil wants to keep access to you, he's got to keep you dry. He loves the dry places. He loves dry Christians. That's why their lives end up in a bit of a mess. Because when you get dry, you are in trouble. And uh, so he'll do all that. And you know, the other thing is when you're dry, you struggle emotionally. You're um, more susceptible to temptation. You can drift from God. Dryness is a dangerous place. So just tell the person next to you, dryness is a dangerous place. <laughs> so the devil walks through dry places. Don't let your marriage get dry. You got that? Good. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about because I let my marriage get dry for a while. Don't let your family get dry. Don't let your personal life get dry. Don't let your ministry get dry. Why? Because the devil loves dry places. Well, none of us like dryness, do we? We don't like dry people, do we? I went to a restaurant not long ago in Wellington, and we're sitting down on our meal, and the waiter was as dry as you could possibly imagine, you know? It's like we're sitting down there, what would you like for your meal? You know, and he's looking all over. There's not a smile on his face. And you ask any questions like a rough kind of answer. I mean, he was so dry, we, we just couldn't believe I mean, it ruined our meal. You know, and then I, so what I used my old trick, I asked him what his name was and what does he do and da, da, da. Next time he came back, he, he'd warmed up a little bit. But we don't like dry people. And I don't think God is too fancy on dry Christians, although he'll never give up on any one of us because he loves us so much. So here's our prayer. Psalm 85 verse 6, will you not revive us again? That your people may rejoice in you. When you're revived, you rejoice a lot more in God. So let me give you some symptoms of spiritual dryness. You know, becoming aware of dryness actually is a gift from God. Because once you know it, you can do something about it. The worst thing is to be dry and not know it. Because then the enemy's got an open access into you. So here's some symptoms. Let me give you about five of them. Number one, you're serving while running on empty. You know, it's just like there's, there's nothing left. You're just empty. You're getting dry. Or you're serving out of duty. It's no longer motivation by passion. It's, it's now it's a job. You know, it's no longer a calling. You're starting to get dry. Judy, you're going, oh, I guess I'm rostered again, am I? You know? Oh, wasn't I on last week as well? Usher, they'll never sit where I asked them to sit. You know, I'm sick and tired of this bunch. You know, what's happened? Become dry. It's no longer a joy. No longer joy. Then our faith is no longer inspiring others to love God. So you hang around people and they leave away, go away from you, and they're not encouraged, they're not lifted up, they're not inspired. Here's another one. God starts to feel more distance for a long period of time. Now, we all have seasons when God is distant, but when he kind of keeps being distant for extended, hey, you just got to check the dryness barometer. And here's another one, uh, prayer, word, worship, church, or boring. It's all become boring. You come into church and you think, oh man, this is so boring. I hope you're not thinking that tonight. Is anyone thinking that tonight, by the way? You're, you're welcome to leave, all right? Well, someone's walking out right now. 
Sorry, sir, I didn't mean that. Just kidding. No. <laughs> All right. All right. So what causes dryness? Let me give you some causes. Physical exhaustion. If you don't learn to rest, it can lead to spiritual dryness. You know, even Jesus had to rest. There's some of you that need a rest. You know, you work, you think you work, 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 and you're going night and day and all the rest of it, and it's a badge of honor. But if you're not careful in what's a badge of honor, you're becoming dry in the process. Second one is extensive or excessive spiritual output. You keep on giving out and giving out and giving out and not refilling. Hey, congratulations for coming tonight because you're coming to get refilled. But do you know even gas stations? You know those big bowsers or whatever? What do they call those things? They, they call them, what do they call them? Bowsers. bowsers. Those big bowsers. So people come and even they have to be refilled. Why? Because people come put their get, get the pump out and they pull the petrol in and next car comes and next car. What's happening to the bowser? It's going down, down, down. So it has to be refilled. So even with us and our serving of God, we've got to keep getting refilled as well. And the more you serve God, the more you need refilling. Uh-huh. It's, it's not like you need less. You need, actually need more because you can get drained in yourself. Another one here, which I just hate, is opposition. You're working hard, you're serving God, and someone criticizes you. Someone opposes you. And it's like a bucket of cold water on you, and it can cause you to lose a bit of your fire within you. So I want to just say to everybody in the house here, please don't criticize other people who are doing their best to serve God. So tell the person next to you, don't criticize anybody. It's the curse of the church. (laughs) All right, just a couple of other things cause dryness, ongoing trials. And unforgiveness is a big one. It's a barrier between you and God. So how are you going to come out of dryness? Let me give you a few thoughts on this. Number one, give God you're not enough. You think, what does that mean? It's a good question. What does it mean? Let me have a look at my notes. Here it is. <laughs> give God you're not enough. You know, we have a natural fire. So if you're out in the woods, got a fire going there. And it looks like it's gone out. But often it's actually not out. If you blow on it a bit, stir it up a little bit, it's soon aflame again. You may feel dry, but I'm here to tell you tonight, your fire has not gone out. It is still there. It's still flickering away. You may think it has gone out. You may think that you're absolutely dry. No, you are not. It may have dumbed down a little bit. It may be less than it was before, but you are not. The fire has not gone out. So what you need to do is get, give the little fire that you've got. It may just be a little speck. Give it to God. Give God you're not enough because God can do a lot with you're not enough. Prove it. Let me prove it to you. The, the, the boy with the five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000. What did he do? He gave God his not enough and God multiplied his not enough. See, God can do a lot with your not enough. God can do a lot with your little fire. Just give him your little fire tonight. Put it into the hands of God and watch him bring it ablaze. Watch him multiply it and do something with it. You know, the same is true with faith. A lot of people say, I haven't got enough faith. Give God your not enough faith. And let him do something with it. Because even the Bible says all all God needs is a mustard seed of faith, which is about the smallest seed that you can have. So you have a mustard seed of faith. You have some fire in yourself. Give your not enough to God. And soon you're going to be on fire and ablaze for God. And your faith is going to grow and grow and grow. God can do a lot with your not enough. You know the challenge of that? Is we always want, want to give up because we haven't got enough. Well, I haven't got enough faith, so I'm not going to pray for anyone who's sick. You know, I haven't got much fire, much, much fire in me, so I'm not going to lead in prayer. And so we almost, we almost disqualify ourselves because we think we haven't got enough. Look, friends, quite frankly, none of us have got enough. In the economy of God, we all got a, just a little bit, but I have learned to give my not enough to God. What about your gifts and your callings? You say, well, I haven't got much. Give it to God. Watch what God will do with your not enough gifting that you think is not enough because he can multiply it, enlarge it, and make something really significant happen with that. Then what we've got to do is invite the wind of the Spirit to blow. 
on you. That's what happens in Ezekiel 37, 9. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. During the next few days, we are inviting the wind of the Spirit to come and to blow and to bring to life and bring alive and raise up an exceedingly great army and to cause a fire. You're not enough to begin to, to blow with a great fervor. You know, you work so hard, don't you, to set up a church, a, a service, a conference. You, you have songs, you have the preaching, you know, you have the ushers, you have the sound, you have the lighting, you have the volunteers. But when you've done everything you can, you need the wind of the Spirit to blow. We do our part, but then God has got to do His part. And I believe God is ready in this place to do His part, starting even tonight and right throughout this weekend. We're going to see the wind of the Spirit blow in our hearts and in our lives. And my prayer is that every person will leave on, by the end of Sunday night having met with God in a significant way. Hey, I read this story about... Um, this pastor, and uh, he was one of five kids, and his parents were always in the Word. You know, every morning they've got the Bible out, and they're declaring scriptures to the kids. It actually annoyed the kids a little bit because it's like, it was kind of a bit like over the top. Anyway, this boy, he's a preacher now. When he's young, he's just a young kid. I don't know, maybe six or 17 years old. It might have been what age he was. But anyway, he wakes up in the middle of this night, and, and there's all this, this liquid. His forehead's all wet. It's got a little liquid on his head. And he thought, man, there must be a leak in the roof. And, and anyway, he kind of sort of kept on sleeping away. And finally, he realizes that it's his mother. And she's got a bottle of olive oil. And she's pouring it over him. And she's declaring, devil, take your hands off my child. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I plead the blood of Jesus over this child. Every spirit that is not of God, get out. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. He woke up and there's all this oil on his head. Today, all those five children love Jesus, serving Him, and all their children, the grandchildren, are all following God. Every parent in the house, get out the oil tonight. Pour it on your kids. Spiritually do that. You know, in the Old Testament, they're always pouring oil on the head, weren't they? You know, we actually had a service out in West Auckland. We do it every year. We get all the kids in the church, get them in front, we anoint them all with oil. And we just say, Spirit of God, come on this child. You, you offer that, I'm telling you, the parents will bring their kids. Because they think you're going to do the quick answer for them. They don't have to do anything. You just anoint them with oil and they're going to be all okay. It doesn't quite work that way, but it's a powerful thing. And some of those kids experience God when you do it. Because this oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So that's another way of coming out of dryness. We just need more of the Holy Spirit. But let me give you a, a, um, a uh, uh, Jesus. No, wait, let me, before I go, for, go to that, William Booth said this, tend to the fire. Like his, his, he's on his deathbed, the, the great, great general, and he's done phenomenal work. And he said, please, Booth, give us your last words of advice. Deathbed words. Do you know what they were? Tend to the fire, for the nature of fire is to go out. If you don't look after your fire, it's just like out in the woods. You've got a fire going. You don't look after it. It's going to go out. So you've got to look after it. You've got to tend to it. That's why it's important to be in conferences like this. It's important to be in worship. It's important to be in church. It's important to read and pray your Bible. Do all those things. And if you want to know more about that, I haven't got time to get into it tonight. It's all found in Ephesians 5, 18 to 20 about how to be filled with the Spirit. But it just, it's very, very basic, very, very simple. It really comes around to gathering around the Word of God, singing and giving thanks. There are three real keys to being filled with the Spirit. But tend to the fire. Look after it. So here's my question right now. How's your fire? How's your fire? We can look good on the outside. We can be serving. We can be raising our hands. We can be doing it all. But the fire might be struggling. Tend to the fire. Jesus addresses dryness in John 7, 37 to 38. When he says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, 
saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If anyone's dry, come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You know when it says Jesus cries out? It actually means shouts. Jesus shouts. It's like he screams, if anyone thirsts, come to me and drink. And I believe that's God's word to all of us here tonight. Because we all thirst. We all hunger. And Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit, come, come to me and drink. And out of the innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And John 4 picks this up. As a woman at the well, uh, 13 and 14, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water I shall give him will never thirst. You know, some people have tried to quench the thirst. Wrong relationships, success, porn, alcohol, drugs, whatever it might be, but they're still dry. Those things will never quench the inner thirst of the human heart and the human spirit. Only God. Only God. Only God. Can I encourage you tonight? Stop looking everywhere else to find your fulfillment, your satisfaction, your contentment in life. You don't, you, we can look, even as Christians, we can look in so many different directions. You know, I've had more opportunity, I could serve more, I've had more money, had more of this and got married, whatever it might be. And we think that's going to do it. No, friends, none of that will ever do it. Only God can fill the vacuum that's in the human heart. We just got to get closer and closer and closer to God. And the closer we get to Him, the more fulfilled and the more satisfied we will be. Let's not try and quench the first our first in all the wrong directions. But then what Jesus does is he connects dryness with worship. John 4, 24, God is spirit. Those who worship, and this is in the same chapter as the woman at the well, and those who worship him, this is what he's telling the woman at the well, must worship him in spirit and in truth. If you go through this passage in John 4, Jesus uses the word water eight times, and he uses the word worship eight times. The key to coming out of dryness, one of the keys is worship. Because it causes the water of the Spirit to start to flow in our lives. And I want to challenge you, and I want to challenge me today, and I want to say this, I know you can sing, but can you worship? I know you can shout, but can you worship? I know that you can clap, but can you worship? I know you can jump, but can you worship? I know you can play an instrument, but can you worship? Friends, we've got to move to worship. Got to, when we lift our hearts and our voices and we engage in real, genuine worship, because, friends, that's when the water of the Spirit starts to flow. It's not when we just clap. It's not when we just shout. Hey, you know, I'm a clapper. I'm a shouter. I'm a jumper. I do all of that stuff. But that's not what just causes the water to flow. We've got to worship. We've got to worship with all of our hearts. See, being spectators does not fill us. Watching others sing will not set you on fire. <laughs> it will not fill you with the Spirit. It will not bring you out of dryness. And I think we're all guilty at times, aren't we? we you know, we're just watching others worship. Watching others sing, and we're just checking out what clothes they're wearing and what they're looking like. I know you don't do that here, but in my church, man, they're so bad. And you know, all the young people, they worship with one eye. You know, they're just looking around, one eye closed and one eye, you know, just checking out. I know, I know what it's like. I, you know how I know what that's like? I used to do it myself. <laughs> but worship. We've got to get past singing, shouting, clapping. I mean, the best songs, all the rest of it. You know, I say to my church all the time, please no one take offense at this, all right? And I just say to my church all the time, God, I don't want another sermon. You know? God, I want, I want, another, I want your power. And I say, God, I don't want another song set. I want your power. I want encounter. I want something to happen. I, want something. I don't want another service. I want something to happen, something to change, something to move, something to I, I challenge my church. And I wouldn't encourage you to do this here, but I tell my church, I said, look, tell God when you come, say, God, I'm not leaving until I have an encounter with you. And I say to them, some of you are going to be here a long, long time. <laughs> Hope you brought your sleeping bag with you. <laughs> Got to get desperate, I think, for some of this sort of stuff. Eh? So start saying to yourself, even now, start saying to yourself, okay, God, I'm coming out of dryness. 
I'm coming out of dryness. I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to sing with every ounce of strength that God, you will give me. I'm going to sing with passion. I'm going to sing with focus. I'm going to sing with concentration. I'm going to give my worship. I'm going to open the way for God to bring me out of dryness, to fill me with the Spirit. I'm, if you're already on fire, you're going to be filled with even a whole lot more fire. <laughs> you know, I always, I'm always telling my church, they look at me and they, they sort of think like, really? I say, man, I'm just desperate for more fire. And they think, gosh, if he's desperate for more fire, where does that leave me? <laughs> yeah, it leaves you dry. Anyway, <laughs> seriously, I want more fire. You know, why, you know why I want more fire? I don't com- compare myself with anyone in the church or anyone in the nation. I compare myself with the Bible. I compare myself with Moses. I look at David. I look at Joseph. I look at Paul. I look at the apostles. They were on fire compared to them. I'm not on fire. I'm okay, but I need a lot more fire. Tell the person next to you, you need a lot more fire. Yell it at them. Come on. Get them going. Wake them up. Wake them up in Jesus' name. All right. We're going to bring this into land. We all right out there? Has anyone learned anything? Yeah. I was going to say how many of you are dry, but please don't put your hands up. All right. (laughs) I'm not looking at Danny. He needs more fire too. He's a great man of God, Danny. Oh man, love that guy so much, honestly. He's got life messages. He's got life messages, man, that gosh. He's a testimony to the nation and the nations of how you can handle some of the toughest things that can happen in life. Yeah, yeah, he's got a great ministry, but man, has he paid a price for it. Oof. Yeah, good on you, Danny. Good on you. And your wife, too. Sharon, isn't it? Yeah. She's amazing, eh? Huh? It's a birthday today. Happy birthday, Sharon. No, we're not going to sing it. She's not here. (laughs) Don't be a spectator. I'm guilty. We're all guilty, aren't we? Every so often, we just watch the show. But that doesn't take us out of dryness. It doesn't give us a good experience with God. You know, to get something out of anything, you've got to give it everything. You know, if you want to do well in a sport, you've got to give it everything. If you want to do well in a business, you've got to give it everything. You know, if you want to get everything out of Christianity, you've got to give it everything. If you want to get a lot out of a service, you've got to give it everything. You know, we can't take this low-key, casual approach, which, hey, we're all guilty of at times. Anyway, we're bringing this thing into land. All right. So verse 4, back to Ezekiel 37. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. The key to the dry bones coming to life was speaking to the bones. So Mark eleven twenty three: whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So here's a thought for you to take away. This may be God's word for you, some of you tonight. Don't just talk about your mountain. Talk to your mountain. That's what it says there. Whoever says to this mountain, doesn't it? It's not whoever talks about his mountain. No, no. Talk to your mountain. By all means, talk through your struggles. I think it's important to talk, isn't it? Talk it through. Share it out. You know, that's, that's a part of the process. But after you've talked about it long enough, your struggle, talked about it, then talk to your struggle and tell your struggle to be gone in Jesus' name. Talk to your mountain. Get out in Jesus' name. If you don't know what else to do, say grace to your mountain. Grace, grace. And watch it move. So how did we got that building? Well, we did talk about it quite a bit, I guess, beforehand. But eventually we talked to it. And when we talked to it, it moved. When we talk to it, God gave the breakthrough. So it's a simple little thing to remember. But I think the enemy is so clever, so cunning, that, you know, we just keep talking about the mountain. And the more you talk about the mountain, the bigger the mountain gets. The more you talk about your struggle, the bigger your struggle gets. 
Now, I'm sure there's no one in the house like this, but if you're still talking about the same struggle you had five years ago, you need to change something because you can't just keep talking about it. Because talking about it, I understand counseling, I'm not against any of that sort of stuff, but there comes a point where you get up off your chair and you start speaking to that baby, you start taking your authority in Jesus' name, and you begin to, to, to command the enemy to flee in the name of Jesus. You know, uh, it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We have a lot more authority than we realize, folks. Speak to your mountain. Become a prophet to your own life. Become a prophet to your own family. So prophesy, all my family will be saved. Come on, don't talk about how they're all away from God. Talk about how all of them are going to be saved. As for me and my house, they will serve the Lord. Don't talk about your kids who aren't serving God or your wife or your husband. Say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By His stripes, I am healed. My God shall supply all money. I can go on and on and on. Because guess what happens? As you keep declaring it, your life begins to move in the direction of the Word. And that's, isn't that what we all want? My last thought for tonight. Verse 7, the bones came together. The bones came together. Seems to me that bones, dry bones, have ears. They must have ears. He spoke to the dry bones and they moved. They responded. Interesting, isn't it? They have ears. Dry bones have ears. Well, guess what? I believe mountains have ears. Those buildings had ears. Yeah. We shouted grace. They heard us and they came our way. Sickness has ears. Money has ears. Speak to your finances. Fears that you carry, they have ears. Shame has ears. Guilt has ears. All these things have ears. And so Ezekiel is only told to do one thing. This valley of dry bones. And you can, it's a Babylonian graveyard, if you like. They've got all the, all the problems in there that you can imagine. Every problem in this place is probably in that valley in some respect, represented there. And Ezekiel is only told to do one thing. He said, speak to the problem. Speak to the dry bones. So your situation is awaiting your instructions. If you fail to instruct, there's not going to be any change. Dry bones have ears. That's why declarations are so powerful. Because we're speaking to things that have ears to hear and respond to them. So it's time that you spoke into your situation. And declared and told it what to do. You know, Jesus, hey, I mean, I think I preached this last time. That's all Jesus ever did. He just spoke. You know, be healed. Rise up and walk. Be cleansed. You know, take up your bed. You know, come out. I mean, he just spoke to conditions. He didn't have long, drawn-out prayers. And I'm into long, drawn-out prayers, by the way. But that, that's not what you see, do you? And the apostles were much the same. You know, you know they would get beautiful. Take up your bed and walk. You know, that lame man, that, that, that sickness had ears and had heard what was spoken. By the Spirit of God, the Valley of Dry Bones become a great army. If I could have the musicians, please. Ezekiel 37 and singers. Dry Bones became a great army. It's time to prophesy, folks. Time to prophesy to the dry bones in our lives, the dry bones of the church. And as we do, the bones will come together, breath will enter into them, and the church of Jesus Christ, mark my words, will arise an exceedingly great army and do the mighty exploits of God, and Adelaide will see revival in Jesus' name. We got a way to go, but we're going to get there because we're going to keep speaking to the situation. That's why I keep declaring all the time in my off my pulpit. I just say New Zealand is going to turn to Jesus. Auckland is going to turn to Jesus. Australia is going to turn to Jesus because I believe New Zealand has ears. 
My community has ears. Australia has ears. Now we've got a way to go because of too much dryness at the moment. But as we prophesy, hear the word of the Lord. The wind of the Spirit would blow. Someone said this, what we see in Ezekiel 37, the wind of the Spirit blowing. Exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost when the wind and the Spirit blew. The church was raised up and the apostles turned the world upside down. All we need, folks, is the wind of God, the breath of heaven, and God can transform dry bones, your dry bones, my dry bones, into an exceedingly great army. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we've got a few minutes left. This is time for you to meet with God. If it doesn't happen tonight, that's fine. You've got till Sunday night. Get to as many of these meetings as you can because I have one prayer in my heart for this conference. I want to see a move of God. I just want to see God break out. Whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like, but that no one's going to finish Sunday night and think, man, God never spoke to me. I never heard anything. I, got, I didn't get a breakthrough. I didn't get a healing. My mountain, nothing, nothing happened. That would be sad. And I don't think that, that's not God's plan for any one of us. I, I'm in that, I'm, look, I'm here myself. I'm saying, God, I, I need, I need a fresh encounter with you. God, I need you to do something in my life. I've got so many areas that I want God to touch in my life. So I'm here believing. Honestly, I'm preaching to myself most of the time. You can just listen in. Because I need breakthroughs. I need, I need to hear the voice of God. I need fresh fire. I mean, I do. I just, I'm, honestly, I don't think I've ever been more desperate for God in my life. No, I just, I, you know, the more you know God, the more you know you don't know. And so I'm hungry, longing. So let's going to believe God together for, you know, God to refresh you, to refire you, to come out of, out of dryness. So the promise of God is Isaiah 44, verse 3. I'll pour water on him who is thirsty, floods on the dry ground. Why don't you close your eyes for a few moments? a personal time of response so here's the first question I have are you dry do any of those symptoms apply to you that I've mentioned hey, there's nothing to condemn you this is to help you to get out of it you know you're serving it but you're running on empty it's all become a duty your faith no longer inspiring others God's kind of not even there prayer, word, worship, it's all become pretty boring. I think we all have stages when we go through that, and that's okay. But God, tonight, He wants to start something. He wants to start to replenish you, refire you, renew you. So just be honest with yourself. I found this after 40 years walking with God or more, that God never condemns us. Never. If you feel condemned, that's not God. That's the devil whispering. He convicts us. When he convicts us, you always feel good. You think, oh, man, I've seen that. Oh, wow, awesome. The Holy Spirit is a genius. He can whack you over the head and you feel great. Like, how does he do that? It's just not fair. And he can tell you, man, you are so dry. And you think, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's just how it works. That's just how it works. God never condemns, but he does convict are you dry? Just tell yourself, I'm going to come out of my dryness. That's why I'm here. Secondly, give your not enough fire to God. Just do it now. Just say, God, I, I ain't got much fire. I'm pretty much on empty. But I know there's a flicker. If I didn't have a flicker, I wouldn't be here. God, I just give it to you now. Just intentionally give it to Jesus. He can do a lot with little because he's God. <laughs> he's God. He can do so much with little. Let's give it to Jesus. Then can I just remind us to tend to the fire? 
tend to the fire. Put things in place in your life. Time with God, time in the Word, getting to church, whatever it might be, fellowship with other believers, getting around the Word, maybe a small group. Tend to the fire. For some of you, that's your word for this conference. I was just saying to you, come on, tend to the fire. Because it's in you to be a blaze for God. It's in you. It's in every one of us. Don't think that that's just for others. No, that's, it's in you because we actually all have the same Holy Spirit. It's, it's for all of us. Stand with me, please. Take a few minutes now. I just want us to sing, and I'm going to do one more thing before we finish. We're going to speak to the mountain, so whatever you do, don't leave. Uh, but we're going to sing uh, that song, Holy. We've got that. We're just going to go into that just for a few minutes. But this time when you sing it, and I'm talking to myself, I want you to put everything into it. Don't be a spectator. Sometimes it's good to raise your hands. You don't have to, but it just helps you to focus a bit more. Sometimes it's good to close your eyes so you don't have to look at anyone around you and what they might be doing. But just, just focus in for a while and just, just allow the Spirit just to blow upon the embers of your heart, the embers of the fire that you have, and just to ignite you just that little bit more tonight. Some of you, you're going to have a real moment. You're going to have a real moment before you leave tonight. And what I want to ask you to do is, please, would you let the pastors, let someone know what God's done? Because I want to start hearing testimonies of what God has done tonight. Thanks, team.
sing it through one more time. come here tonight with uh, mountains and struggles and we're just going to declare some verses we're going to speak to your mountain prophesy the word of God and your life's going to move in the direction of the word so I think we've got them up there so first one have you got the Acts 1631 did I give that to you I hope I did did I not can anyone tell me yes I've personalized it for you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and I will be saved me and my household. How many of you got family members that need to be saved? Yeah, there's plenty of us. Now let's just, we just, these are just declarations, but as you do it, we're just speaking to our condition. They have ears, our family have ears, and our household has ears, and they're going to hear what we say together. So we're just going to say it through. We're going to say each of the five, and then we can give the Lord a bit of clap and a shout at the end of it, and it's, we're done for the night. You ready? Let's just say it together. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and I will be saved, me and my household. The key to this is to say it with real faith. Actually believe it. Let's try that again. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I will be saved, me and my household. Romans 8.37 In all these things I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Should have been conquer. I, I sent that through wrong, but we know what it is. We know how to speak English here. Okay, let's go. Well, most of us, anyway. Romans 8.37. Let's go. In all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Next one, Psalm 103, verse 3. This is a great one. This is who forgives all my sins and heals all my disease. What, if you need healing, why don't you raise your hands to the Lord right now? You ready for this? Let's go. We'll do this one twice. Who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Let's go. Who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Philippians 4.19. Ready? Let's go. My God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And Genesis 50 verse 20. As for you... You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Give the Lord a clap. Give us a drum roll. Come on, lift your voices and worship Jesus. Come on. Lift your voices. Come on, give the Lord Jesus a clap offering. Amen. Come on, give a shout to Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just praise Him. Just praise Him. Just praise Him. Just worship Him. Amen. 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 Well, well, we could worship for another hour, I reckon. It's just such a beautiful sense of God's presence. It's just awesome. And, you know, it's just the beginning. We've got a few days together. Uh, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., uh, Pastor Danny's going to be sharing. Uh, it's going to be a great word. Come on. And let's come expecting. 
Uh, it's going to be awesome, 9 o'clock, and then Pastor Tark will share again. Tomorrow night, 7.30, same time, we're going to gather as the church of Jesus Christ and just worship together, hear the Word of God. And uh, Saturday morning, another couple of sessions where we're believing God to move in a special way. Those staying, Sunday's another day. Amen. God is going to be good. So good to have you tonight. Let's get some rest and let's be back tomorrow morning nice and fresh. Supper next door. Don't go away. Thank you so much. God bless you.